Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by for this latest episode of Shelf Help where I share tips and tricks on how to become a happier gamer and a happier person, but it is not primarily me that is going to be doing the sharing this week. Uh, if you follow Twitter, board game Twitter at all, you probably have had this person show up in your feeds, or if you're on Twitch TV slash Brutal Dan, uh, look up, well, I'll probably have a link in the notes because you'll never be able to spell it on your own. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he is all over the board gaming verse, spreading positivity and notes on wellness, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, this is Danny from Danny Plays Games. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. I, this series, honestly, this is the type of content I live for because I always say board gaming and gaming in general brings us together, but we all provide so much different out outlooks and perspectives on life and we can learn so much from each other so mm -hmm. i love that gaming has you know connected us in some way absolutely uh, and absolutely, then we can yeah. we can deep dive into different conversations like health and wellness we're doing mind and body today so hey, I uh, so i am a psychotherapist so i have been shelf help is all about the mental health and i try to do as best i can with that and i see the connection mind and body this is my man a physical health expert so before we launch into the subject of today which is health and wellness in the board gaming community that's exactly what we're talking about today we're talking about health and wellness especially is as we move out of covid so COVID has definitely changed the game for a lot of people in terms of their fitness. And um, we'll get into all that. Uh, believe me, <laughs> there's a lot that we have to say. And Danny does say a lot on his Twitter feed. He has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of positive messaging and a lot of like just kind of tips and tricks. It's coming from somewhere, coming from some really deep training. So please help us, um, you know, first introduce yourself and say where your training is from and how you use that to help people. Yeah, so um, I, I got my Bachelor's of Science in Public Health from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. <laughs> um, and, and within my, I guess, my schooling, um, getting my bachelor's, I, I learned a lot about, um, at first I was in school to become a physical therapist. And I wanted to be the doctor and I wanted to, you know, fix people when they were hurt. And when I was taking kind of my core curriculum classes, I realized that there's this whole realm called public health. And I was like, what is like, what is public health? Like, is it health education? Is right. it epidemiology? Like, what is this? And, and now people know exactly what public health is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it's a conglomeration of everything. Mm -hmm. And one thing that really struck me was something I learned called the illness well wellness continuum or paradigm. And it just imagine like an arrow going from left to right. And on one side is death. Like that's when, you know, doctors can't do anything else. Illness. Il il <laughs> yeah, illness, illness with a capital I. <laughs> exactly. And then it moves up. So there's like disabilities and then symptoms and then signs. So on the left side, this is when you usually, if you show sign and symptoms, you're going to a doctor and saying, Hey, what's wrong with me? And they might treat you. So that's, con that's considered the treatment paradigm. And then as you keep moving past the middle point of that arrow, there's just something called the wellness paradigm where you there it's, it's all about awareness and education and growth and having a high level of wellness where we learn so that hopefully 
we don't have to put those uh, intervention steps in the way we can start learning and taking care of ourselves. So when I learned that in my public health classes, I was like, wait a minute, like I, this is something I could get into because if, if I'll let the doctors do what they do, but if I can get out there and just, you know, spread, spread the good word of, of health and wellness and, you know, just give a different perspective on it, why not? So then I, I just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, graduated with my uh, public health degree. I started working for a large company as their health and wellness coordinator. And um, I've been at that company ever since. And I got my master's of science in kinesiology, which is movement science as well. So um, mm-hmm. I'm also a, uh, a certified health coach through the American Council of Exercise. And yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my expertise in this field. I've been right. I, I picked up my first big boy job right out of college. And so I've been in the field for over 10 years. Um, I, I grew up, you know, loving sports and loving lifting and things like that. But it wasn't until college where I, I, I really found a passion for mm-hmm. just health education, health coaching, and trying to see health and wellness in a different light rather than specifically weight loss. And you are certainly thick with two C's, my friend. <laughs> Give him a bicep, baby. Give him a bicep. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> About half of Danny's post is some kind. That's it. That's it. You just got to flex. Sometimes you got to flex to make flex. yourself just feel better. Morning flex over here. Make the people laugh. Make the people smile. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's funny you mentioned the, the the spectrum, right? So it's like you have the illness spectrum, which is like, you know, the, the stuff that's happening signs and symptoms to call a doctor but then when you get like you know past signs into wellness then it's like a big question mark mm. you know that's like okay nothing i'm fine we don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't need to do any more work i don't feel bad i'm okay i don't think you need a doctor but you know like i mean there's all sorts of stuff happening on the wellness area and it could be something that's just rattling around on the surface mm-hmm you know, yeah. that could lead to, you know, you skipping some steps along yeah. the way. I mean, it's something we need to be aware of the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And something I learned, um, we, we, we talk a lot about theories within wellness and health education because we never know what will stick. Like you can put programs in place through all the different systems of government and community and stuff, but you don't know what sticks. So when we talk about different models, uh, one of the models that we look at is the, the health belief model. So of course you have kind of your regular demographics. This is kind of your, your social class, socioeconomic stuff, gender, age, sexuality, however you identify in kind of that, that group that you fall in. From there, it, it, because everybody is so diverse and there's so much intersectionality, it spreads out into thinking about perceived accessibility and perceived severity. And then, so sometimes people don't see what we perceive as, as one group, another group might not perceive the same way. Right. So when we see something like, let's say, how board gaming can be such a good boost for mental health, sure. others might be able to see like, oh, well, that's not going to help my mental health at all. That's not going to help me uh, relieve stress. But then there's also perceived benefits and perceived mm-hmm. barriers, like people trying to get into the industry. How do, what do, I, how do I get mm-hmm. there? So it's, that model is all about perception. Or people and, who perceive the hobby and they see like a bunch of losers. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're in the bubble. We all celebrate it. But outside that bubble, man, they people look at my shelf. They're like, what is going right. on here? They're like, you're going to a convention for board games. What? Like, what is that? <laughs> a little weird. Right, right. But when you kind of take that that perception and you move it to health, it's it's really interesting. And, and the biggest um, 
the biggest example I can give is let's say someone wants to quit smoking. So smoking cessation programs are huge. We know for a fact, scientifically, smoking is not the best thing that you can do for your body, right? There's negative adverse effects. effects. Yeah. Uh, whether you perceive that to be severe or that you're susceptible to it, that's, that's on the person. So um, let's say you give them all this health information, but their family, let's say their dad smokes, their grandfather smokes, their great grandmother smokes, and they never had lung cancer or they never had adverse effects. And they're smoking and they're saying, oh, well, this feels good to me. Why would I stop? I know you're telling me these things, but within my family, my perception is they smoked this whole time and they're fine. Like they lived happy lives. Why would I change? So that's kind of the, what just enthralls me in, in health education. It's just like, well, that's, that's completely valid. Like if you don't see the severity of it and if you don't want to change, that's completely fine. All I can do as a health educator is put the information out there and let you know, Hey, we're here for you. If you do want to change, or if you start seeing the maybe perceived benefits, maybe you can breathe a little bit better. Maybe you can play with your kids a little bit more because you're not gasping for air. So having to reframe different um, health benefits and things like that. I, that's the stuff that I, I thrive on. I could see that I could, uh, you're always enthusiastic, but I could see the, the, the little bit of extra oomph when you're talking about some <laughs> of this stuff. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's like board game and health is just like, it's right there. <laughs> Speaking of, that was my next question. How do you see those come together? Yeah. yeah. So obviously there, there's been a huge, um, so when we talk about wellness, like, again, I, I kind of want just want to touch about like when people think about fitness um, and, and wellness and health and things, a lot of times people hyper focus on weight loss or yeah. obesity or, you know, whatever it is, that's kind of the, the main focus. But when we talk about the wheel of wellness, we're, we're talking about mental health, physical health, emotional health, community health, financial health. So uh, wellness, I should say. So all these wellness factors kind of all work together, right? So if something's kind of off, off kilter, it might throw this wellness wheel uh, out of whack. So with, with board gaming, like I've seen such a, like it, it for me, it, it's my, it's my self-care. It's my way to relax. It's my, my form of meditation, right? Gaming in general, really. It's my form of, you know, showing myself like, okay, I can take these few couple hours to just focus on something that I enjoy. Um, and that's, that's really true for any hobby. And, and I'm sure you, you can speak on it um, on a much deeper level, but the way that board gaming for me and the way that I can help, like, just, I, I started like a little board game club at at the place I work at. And I literally just set up four or five games in a conference room and employees can come down and learn a quick game just to get their mind off of work for a little bit, just to get them moving up away from their desk, away from looking mm -hmm. at a monitor and, and, and just small things like that, that can challenge, what, challenge you mentally. And, you know, just <laughs> let you breathe for a second. Is, what did you set up? Uh, so I usually send up like lighter games. Some I, I set up a dexterity day where we played like class and there's a game called bonk and we played like super rhino hero. Mm -hmm. So games that you can learn that might force them to stand up or look around or, you know, laugh a little bit. Happy salmon. Uh, happy salmon. Yeah. Happy salmon is a good <laughs> one. The best. Oh my gosh. There's so much yelling. People will peek in the conference room. Like what kind of meeting is this? <laughs> 
um, but even small, small games too. So of course those are, you know, highly interactive and people are yelling and stuff, but maybe that, that type of game doesn't appeal to a, a certain personality. So then on the flip side, I would have things like just one or code names where you don't have to be super excited and you don't have to yell at each other and you don't have to like have that dexterity element. You can just sit down and work, work together or meet somebody from a different department because you're now placed on a team. So um, that's just one example of how board gaming has kind of permeated my professional life. And I, I absolutely love it. And I use like my storage room in my gym now at work as like <laughs> a little second board game closet. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it's all human and it all comes from humans. And like we're, you know, we, we tend to think of these buckets like, okay, here's my this and here's my that, here's my this. Like, I mean, you have to focus on like the person filling the bucket. Like there's a person there and we all work the same. We all want the same thing. So we all get, and you know, healthy out of connection and healthy out of enjoyment and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you mentioned games. Let's talk about gamers. Do you, um, do you work with gamers or do you like have tips like on your streams and on your stuff that, that under people are interfacing with you about, you know, wellness uh, topics in particular? Um, so at work, there's a wide variety, like population wide, it, it's a wide variety of people. Um, it is a majority like accounting, marketing, finance building. Um, and usually just, I mean, they, they can understand games a little bit quicker or, you know, they're the, the age population, like they kind of grew up, they graduated college around my same time. So it's kind of like when the board game boom started coming and, yeah. you know, getting bigger and bigger. Um, but like for me personally, like on my, on my Twitter, for example, like I was like, how do I, how do I make moving fun? Yes. Um, so that's why I reached out to you making moving fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we do have that negative connotation. Like for me, like I hate, I actually hated, hated PE growing up because we would have to, we were forced to do like a mile run. And I was like, I have to do what for a mile? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and like, I would be that, that kid that would be like, oh, my, my ankle hurts, I can't run today. Or I would like try to find ways to have like shortcuts and stuff. So there was this hard negative connotation with like physical exercise, PE, right. that word. Um, but realistically, all what my, my personal goal is, is just to get people moving more, get people, you know, just, maybe a little bit out of their comfort zone, but realizing that the body is pretty amazing. Like regardless of body fat, regardless of muscle, like it, it just moves and it's fun to move. And it, mm -hmm. it might feel silly because we're just not used to it. It might be a little uncomfortable, but moving is fun. So I was like, there's way too many fun ways that we can move that maybe people aren't talking about. So I did something mm -hmm. as simple as a strength check where I would roll a D20 and that would be like that number of reps, try to do it for a specific movement. So maybe I roll a 15, do 15 pushups, do 15 squats, mm -hmm. uh, take a 15 minute walk, do 15 jumping jacks, whatever you want to, even if it takes you 30 seconds to do, like, why not? You know, so small things like that to reframe the idea of movement as something that might have that negative connotation reframe it in a way that's fun that's a mm -hmm. little bit different I, I think that's a, a, a just one thing that I can do to help break down those perceived barriers or maybe that that scariness of right. physical activity so then we're now we're going to start getting into like you know Danny has set the stage the wellness wheel and you know kind of like why this is important and what we kind of do um 
I was reading from, because I like to read dorky stuff. <laughs> uh, there was a recent poll from the American Psychological Association uh, speaking of, you know, like what is what is the lockdowns doing to us and what is COVID doing to us? We're taping this on March of 2021. We see the light at the end of the tunnel, there's vaccinations, but we've been at this for a year, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it, the stat said that according to the APA, 42% of people in America have gained at least 25 pounds of unwanted weight. And of that cohort, the millennials in that cohort report weight gain of over 40 pounds because you know, you're more plastic with that at that era. You know, we, like old people like me, we have a little bit hard, our bodies are a little bit more solidified, but like, you know, when you're, when you're 25 and you, you're packing on that, that fast food and not going nowhere, DoorDash is coming in there, easiest <laughs> right. thing in the world, right? Uh, and I know there was a lot of stories about like, you know, we're all learning how to cook. Uh. <laughs> Mixed success. Um, so one of the reasons I wanted to, you know, kind of foreground that is A, I think there's a lot of shame when it comes to people's bodies and weight. And so many people are like, I don't want to go jogging. I don't want to move because it reminds me of the extra, right, that I've right. put on. So it's like they get into their heads about that. B, they think that they have somehow failed low quarantine like mm-hmm. i did this wrong i could have been xyz but i just packed on the pounds and watched a whole bunch of bob's burgers so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not thinking of anybody in particular at all people <laughs> <laughs> i was like why are you calling me out um and you know and I'll, i'm perfectly honest like I, I i i did not hit the 20 but i definitely packed on about 18 pounds over the last year and it's like oh god I, so i mean just to I want to foreground that. Right. And I want to like, get your thoughts about like, you know, what do you think of that? And what do you think about the, like those shame responses? Mm-hmm. Cause that's kind of where our, our lives intersect. Right. Because I am like, you're, what you're talking about is like reframing negative connotations and let's, that's like my whole business. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about your experience of like the, those negative connotations and how it's playing out, especially nowadays. Right, right. And yeah, this is something that I work with my employees, like constantly, right? They like all we all we talk about and all we think about and everything, whether it's in the back of our mind, our mind, or like we're hyper fixating, it's this pandemic, right? So every single thing that we do is just like, oh, this pandemic, this pandemic. And the thing is, is that literally nobody in our lifetimes has tried to live through this massive pandemic where we were locked down for a year so that is traumatic and people people don't realize it like we're living through like we're, we're processing trauma in real time because we don't know right so it's 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 why I like to look at wellness in in that spectrum in that wheel because yes we've might have gained weight or we might have let things drop or we might have been scared or we might have this shame because we saw uh, we saw somebody on Facebook post like, oh, I, you know, I've lost, I've lost a hundred pounds during the pandemic where I, I started running in the marathon. And you're, you're looking at that and you're just like, why couldn't that be me? Right. And why do I suck? <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, why am I we the get, worst person in the world? <laughs> we get really savage. That inner critic is just really, and as I, and I, I know you're a fitness person, I work with, you know, physical trainers and people, and they're always kind of talking to that. Don't listen to that inner voice. Like that's what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's, it's so it's, it's me being empathetic to people. Like I understand 
the fact that like it can be so frustrating, right? Like, especially with my employees that have been, you know, let's say they, they leading up to the pandemic, they've been doing so well, they were in the groove and stuff. And once the pandemic hit, they couldn't come to the gym anymore. You know, we were work from home and, you know, online workout classes aren't the same as going in person and you don't have that same energy. So that's when I kind of try to shift the focus. It's like, what do you want to focus on now? Like what, like if, if, if physical fitness right now isn't for you, what can we do? Because right now, again, nobody really knows what to do. So you're, you might be working from home. You might be taking care of kids. You might be teaching your kids. You might be, you know, you, you now, uh, you're not getting your steps in during the day. So like, I blame what? my kids for my weight. I, wait. I blame them. I have a five and a two. They, it is your fault, Simone and Miles, my kids who are going to watch this at some point and go, what daddy, daddy. It's all your fault. Kids. It's all your fault. You kill me. You guys kill me. You're always home. No, but it's true. So we have all these different factors. Whereas maybe eight to nine hours a day, if you were, weren't used to working remote, you were away from the house and then now you're in the house and then you might have that, that, that little inkling of like, do I, do I go outside? It, like, do I need to wear a mask just to see the sunlight? Like, how do I, like, what do I do? I'm getting information from nine different sources that I don't know if they're valid or not. I don't know what to feel. Right. So one of my, my biggest tips is to just focus on what you can do and that sounds very pedantic right like of course we're focusing on what we can do but no sit down and think about if if movement is a goal of yours create a plan to move if if relaxing even even though we're at home a lot of the times just because you're at home doesn't mean you're relaxing. Just because at home you're at home, you're not unplugged. I, I can speak for myself and my employees is that because we're not used to having work around the whole time, my laptop's right there just opened up on, on like work Slack just in case somebody reaches out to me. And like people are working weird hours. People are working two hours here, focusing, teaching their kids, going back. So our schedules are in flux. Our emotions are in flux. Everything's in flux. So sit down. Um, and, and plan something and set micro goals. So a lot of times when we set goals, we think, oh, we have to, we're going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days and get rip shredded abs and bench mm -hmm. 315 in 15 days. And it's just like, no, or more like I have pants and I want to fit in my pants. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there are, I, you would, just, I, I can't like, so I have a lot of sessions, right? And they, this comes up over and over and over again. It's the clothes. Mm. Right. I don't fit in my clothes anymore. I have a closet full of clothes. I can't, I can't get them. It's like, I got to buy fat pants or I got to buy a dress, you know, or, or like, I don't like dresses, but like, I don't know how big I'm going to get. So I'm going to get this dress so I can adjust. And it's like, I feel like people are getting in such their heads about their wardrobe, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and again, that's something that I would, I would have to talk to them about. And it's just like, like I, I would, like working with somebody that has that mindset of, of not feeling good enough to move because they can't do something like that's, that's a negative on a negative. Right. So I would like, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's tough because they're saying, I don't want to even think about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to work on that. Like I, 
I'm so scared to even try on these pants because I know that they won't fit, but then yeah. I'm also, I don't want to move and I don't want to exercise because I might not be able to stick to it. And everybody, like everybody's been in that mind space where it's just, you know, a negative after a negative after a negative. So I like, I would, I would ask them like, well, what are you doing for, for fun? Like, when was the last time you had fun? That, that's probably what I would right. start with. When was the last time you did something for yourself? Um, and, and yeah, and going back to setting these micro goals, it's mm-hmm. just like, do something for yourself today and see how that feels. Um, if you're a list person, make a, make a small list of things that you want to accomplish today. And they can be physical fitness related to or not. It could be, I'm going to make sure I get my dishes cleaned and put up. It can be making sure that I'm going to spend at least 15 minutes with my kids in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Something as small as that can add up over time. And being specific with your goals as well is, is very important. So we have this little acronym called SMART goals. Yep. Um, It's super, super easy. And it it really just Uh, takes specific, measurable, attainable, uh, realistic. Yep. And time bound time down. Yep. And that's, those are the things that you need to think about because if you just say, I want to fit into these pants, that's not, that's not a smart goal, right? It's a dumb goal. (laughs) (laughs) So so it is specific. You do want to fit in the pants, but like, like, Mm -hmm. how are you going to measure that? Like you, like what's going on there? Like, what are you going to be able to do? It's not time bound because like, you can't say, I want to fit in these these pants by tomorrow that that's just not realistic and you know yourself best like is that an attainable goal for you if not set set that smart goal of like i'm going to spend five minutes every morning stretching my lower back because Mm -hmm. my lower back has been killing me because i've been sitting a lot like like you're basically focusing on process not outcome exactly yeah you know so when you focus on outcome that becomes a little bit rough because we can't have, we can't control the outcomes within what's happening right exactly. you know of course we'd love to you know fit into stuff and of course we you know we 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 forsake pants so many of us forsook pants for like <laughs> a month at a time and now it's like oh i gotta do what <laughs> you know so it's like but if you focus on that it's very stigmatizing but then just focus on that process like you're saying it's like okay five minutes right Five minutes, we're going to do something, do something, you know, put on your favorite song, sing out loud. Like you can stand up and sing, like find something that just makes you smile or makes you excited. Do something with a friend to hop onto a, a a zoom meeting and talk about health and wellness with a friend, like, (laughs) like something that'll make you smile. You just came up with that off the top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, small things like that can add up over time. And the thing is like, we like, the difference between, for me, the difference between like a personal trainer and a health coach is that a personal trainer really wants you to stay with them, right? Like they want you to kind of rely on them because you keep coming back, you keep paying on them and they just yell at you. They tell you what to do. And for some people, that style of learning is fine. Um, but on the flip side, there's the health coach that does want you at some point to receive the education and the autonomy to be able to do that for yourself. And we're there just to provide a space to talk things out, to set these goals, whether you do them or not. So let's say week to week we meet and we talk about if this is, again, this is something that you can do with a friend or you can even do it in a journal. So every week, write in your journal, what, what one goal is 
a smart goal that you want to accomplish by the next week. And then within the next week, see if you can do it. If you can't take that time to reassess, that could be Mm -hmm. a goal. I'm going to reassess my goal. Was it a smart goal? Was it specific Mm -hmm. enough? Was it too easy? Was it too hard? Do I, can I push myself without, you know, doing too much? So something as small as just taking that time out to reevaluate, see what's going on is, are, are these goals pertaining to what I want? Are they making me happy? Mm-hmm. Because over time, again, these small little goals can apply to a bigger, maybe three, six, 12 month goal, but things that you can do right now, like you said, control the controllables. That's one of my favorite quote, quotes. Like you, you just control what you can and things that you can't control, like a freaking pandemic happening, a global <laughs> pandemic, like you can't right. control that. And as much as we want to worry about it and how, how valid those feelings are of being scared and not knowing you can still take some of that energy and focus on, okay, things that I can control right now is I can, I can do something for myself today. And mm-hmm. it, it, again, it sounds pedantic when we talk about it, but when we put it into action, it's probably one of the most powerful things and empowering things that mm-hmm. you can feel because you know, when we think about setting goals and things like that, it's like, oh, we, we did that way back when, like, we don't need to do that anymore. But it's, it is something that if you're out of practice, it might seem weird or uncomfortable or kitty or elementary, but mm-hmm. it, especially as like a list maker, like I love lists that I can set a goal and then like check it off or cross it off. Uh, I love it. Like, you know, that feeling of just a mini accomplishment, something it's a dopamine, is, man. It's like, Ooh, I did yeah. it. <laughs> I watered my plants today. Ooh, let me check that off. You know? <laughs> so give, give your, give yourself right. a pat on the back. It, it, you could probably speak on this a lot more than I can, but you do you're, you are, I, I didn't, I did not anticipate this. You are so like, cause I'm a CBT therapist, cognitive behavioral therapy. So much of what you're saying is like, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I go to therapy as well. Sure. Uh, so I do a lot of CBT tra- uh, mm-hmm. therapy as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of it, mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry, we, you mentioned about control, right? Yeah. So I have this intervention that I do called the, I call the fried egg of control. So you have like your egg and you have your, your, well, you have your your yolk and then you have your white and then you have the rest of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the yolk is what you can control. And then like outside, like the frying pan is like what you cannot control, like the weather and COVID and all kind of stuff. And then there's this giant white space of things that we try to control but really can't, mm-hmm. right? Like we can't control um, people's, you know, how people like us or don't like us, but we try to control it all the time. I want them to like me or something like that. Or, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, fitness, like general fitness, like, you know, uh, I want to lose 30 pounds. So like you're talking to your body and going, <laughs> <laughs> what go are you away. doing? <laughs> go, and you can't, like, you can control that over the long term. Mm-hmm. but you're trying to make it happen now. So it's like, it happens. So what happens is you get that in-between space between uh, the yolk and the, the frying pan becomes really big. Mm-hmm. And that's stress and that's anxiety. And I try to talk about, okay, we need to reduce the white, like get that white space down. So like yeah. we have a nice core of what you can control. And then the rest of the pan is like, let it go. Just yeah. let it go. You don't need to worry about it. The yolk's the best part anyways. And when I do, so like you're talking about being pedantic and obvious, but when you actually do the exercise and get people to write down what, you know, what they can control, what they can't, there's a lot that lands in that middle space. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like, as pedantic as it is, you need to keep saying it. Yeah. You need to keep on different, finding different ways. To say yeah. It. That's the big thing is finding different ways and finding different ways to 
maybe connect with other people or find another support system or create a network. And that kind of just ties back into around um, how social media has played such a big factor um, in being able to talk about this type of stuff and form relationships or form accountability partners or small things like that. And like discord has been a great tool for my employees, Slack, things like that, but just having a a group chat, you know, being able to connect with other people that might be worrying about that egg white, but they're like, you have those other people that are like, Hey, like focus on that core. Like we're, we're doing this together. We understand where you're coming from, but like, let's focus on what we can control. Right. And that that autonomy and that again that being empowered to understand that like if you're able to and again these are all normal human emotions right like we're going to have anxiety we're going to have stress but if if you can focus on that 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 locus of control that just central focus mm-hmm. it, it's so once you get to that point again it will take work of course as with anything um it's it's exercise for your mental health and your brain and it's something like you said you have to do over and over and some days it might feel awesome some days you're like i'm going through the steps but if you keep doing it it Mm -hmm. will pay off just like is with anything right if you if you start walking things will get easier you train you train for that and a word that you say have said a lot is reframing yeah. Right. And so like, you, you know, so we talk about being a kid, physical education was like a bad thing. <laughs> I thought it was great. I love PE. Uh, we didn't do that much. We didn't, we were okay. Um, um, but like fit, like fitness and exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Exercise is one of those words that is so heavy and fraught, right? Like uh, I got to exercise. Right. Like I, I've seen a so many, so many things like I'm going to get up and I'm going to exercise that, 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 but I don't want to <laughs> shut the, shut the computer. I, I imagined you have, I imagine you've encountered that of a lot, you know, exercise or these, these, these words that we stigmatize because we associate them with failure. Yep. Yep. And that, that's 100% it is that people say, like, I have so many people that will come to me and be like, the gym is not my thing. I'm like, okay, well, do you, what do you like to do? Uh, well, I, I need to go get fresh air. So we go out and we take a walk. That's, that's exercise. That's, you know, um, one of my favorite tips is like, if you're used to watching Twitch on your phone or listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos, if you're able to, and you're comfortable, go outside and watch that, you know, right. walk around a little bit. You can even pace around your house. Um, Take something, we call it habit stacking in health coaching, but take one habit that you already have set in place and throw a new habit on top of it. That way, let's say, even if that top habit doesn't stick for that day, you're still doing something that you enjoy. So the habit you enjoy, your your way to decompress after a long day of work is to listen to your favorite podcast. Well, usually you would do that and you would sit on your couch um, and you would have a snack or something. Well, let's try to stack that habit with maybe if drinking water, drinking more water is one of your goals. Maybe try to finish a glass of water before that podcast ends, or maybe take a lap around the neighborhood while you're listening to that podcast. So you're taking these habits that, that you, you 100%, you know, you enjoy, and then you're putting something that uh, you might have, you know, that perceived uh, barrier of like, do I like that? Do I not? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stacking those habits and something as small as that, like, again, reframing that idea, like being physically fit 
is not the end all be all goal. Having abs is not the goal. Like being Mr. Olympia is not the overall goal. What, what I'm worried about with my employees and my clients is their happiness, honestly. Um, So and, and sometimes that does, that comes that sometimes that is out of my, my, my scope, right? Like sometimes people will come to me and they, they think that I'm a therapist. They think that I do what you do. And I'm like, I can't do that. But that's the, that's the beauty of having a professional network is that you can work with me and we can set goals. But if you feel like you have something deeper mental health wise, I have XYZ friends that that you can talk to, that you can do virtual meetings with, and you can me up. exactly you can connect to. And being able to have that professional network and knowing knowing when a bigger problem is is where it's at is is important as well. So yeah. um that's something that I've had to work with my like my employees with as well. It's just like I am not a therapist. I, I can help you towards your health and wellness goals, but when it comes to mental health, that's just that's just not what I do. I mean, but the but the crossover is, yeah. is there, and um, I want I definitely want to pick up on something else you were saying. This was a little bit earlier in the conversation, but it comes up now because of that cross between mental and physical is trauma. Like mm-hmm. this is a traumatic time, you know, a loss. What is trauma? Trauma is loss, and what and we have lost many things we've lost physical contact we've lost excuses to go outside i think before the pandemic the average american got less outside time than a maximum security prisoner like you know maximum security prisoners are mandated 17 minutes of outside time per day and the average american got like less like 14 <laughs> because you know you, we go to we our home we go into our cars and then we go to work we, we don't go outside and that was before right the past and then, now we've even lost the excuse to go on that to even go in the car Right. So we, we, we have had a lot of loss and I think a part of why the weight gain and why the un- unwanted, not that there's anything wrong with weight gain. I want to stigmatize that. It's just the unwanted mm-hmm. weight gain is that salt, sugar, fat are comforting. Yeah. They, they have soothed our loss, you know, yeah. and in a way that a glass of water, Mr. Health coach, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you don't know what's in my, you don't know what's in my, that could be straight up whiskey if you help for all you know. Well, you see what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it, it's nice to hear that, but I feel like, you know, it, I could see a person taking that as like, okay, what you're saying is, is, is whatever, Danny, but I'm hurting right mm-hmm. now. And I need this. I need these, these comforting things. And, you know, like I didn't, I was kidding about Bob's Burger, but like the amount of people who have rewatched the same shows over and over again, you know, so there's like, a, there's like a, a, not just a food thing, but a visual like yeah. comfort. Like we're all seeking these things that we know are not good. Yeah. But we're so like riven with loss that we feel like we can't. Right. And so like, I don't know, like, have you kind of gotten to that deeper level with people? Have people, have you, have people in your experience been able to kind of access that level of pain and be able to kind of move out of that? Is that something that you've, that you've encountered? Yeah. So this, again, I, I try as hard as it, it is for me to try to fix people that, that that's what, I mean, there's nothing wrong with anybody, but fix their problems. Maybe um, I, I need to take a step back and realize like, this is for me, people like, I'm not here to talk about coping mechanisms. I am not here to talk about, um, you know, 
trauma in their personal life or what's going on. I'm here to give them information and be mm. pretty much their cheerleader. I'm not here to diagnose. I'm not here to, you know, tell them what to do. I'm here to empower them to try to see health and wellness in a different way. So it's, it's not my job to shame somebody for gaining that weight. It's my job to get them to see that it's completely normal that you have gained that weight. If you're ready to change, we can. It's if you're understandable. Not ready, we have compassion for that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, I talk about these models, but it's, I do refer to them a lot because everybody's in like a different stage of change. So it's called the trans theoretical model of change where usually at the very beginning, it's the pre-contemplation. So this is probably where people are like, I'm not, I don't want to move. I don't want to eat healthier. Let me just sit in my, in my living room, watch TV and eat. And that, again, that's completely valid. If that's what you need to do to process and to, to cope with what's going on right now, that's fine. And then you move into the contemplation where maybe after a while they're feeling, okay, I, I, I want to move more, but I don't know what to do. Right. Um, and then they move, they might move into the preparation stage. And this is usually when I come in the preparation stage where they're saying like, okay, like, I think I'm ready. I have my journal. I have my, my water bottle. Um, I bought a yoga mat. I'm preparing to do these things, but I'm still mm. scared. So this is usually when I step in and I I'm like, okay, you have all this stuff. Let's, let's start talking about like, what, what baby steps can we do? What are these micro steps that we can do? What goals can we set to start moving? And usually that will lead into the action phase where they're doing it. You know, there's still a chance of relapse where they're like, oh, I hate this. I don't want to do this at all. They drop back into the pre-contemplation and they're like, nope, that wasn't for me. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could slide into maintenance where they're, they, they've made that behavior change. They've made that, that step, that that big leap of like, okay, this is normal for me now. This is a habit now, as much of as a habit it was. And again, some people can go from that maintenance stage back into that pre-contemplation stage. And it's, it's tough because like, again, like I said, like if someone were to come to me and they were like, I'm just hurting right now, I need someone to talk to. And they're not a personal friend of mine. That's when I'd be like, I have three, four contacts, here's some therapists, because that's not my, you know, that's not what I'm paid to do. Sure. Um, and I don't want to do anything to, to be more harm. Like I don't want to do anything out of my scope of my, my professional realm. So, um, and that's different, right? So you might have a friend that confides in you and that's completely different from what I'm talking about. But if someone were to come to me and they, they have some deeper rooted trauma issues and they need to work through that. And because they've been at home and they've been maybe, you know, dealing with all these emotions where they can't, you know, when we are going to work, we're able to leave that. But then now they're sitting at home and it's maybe something a little deeper where they need to find someone like you or find someone that has that professional training. That's when I would, you know, just mm-hmm. refer out because that's kind of not what I do. But it's on the spectrum, right? Like you recognize it. You're like, okay, here we go. I know what yeah. this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's nothing wrong with concurrent too. Like if, sure. if they find that that uh, therapist or whoever they need and we can work as a health coach and, you know, in tandem, that's, that's probably picture perfect if that's able to happen. Right. So speaking of that, so like speaking of, so we can kind of move towards like practical, 
right? I mean, because this would, I, I, again, this is shelf help. <laughs> I don't want this to, I want people to, to take something out of this. So then you movement, right? I think mm-hmm. I love how you've reframed exercise to movement, mm-hmm. right? Is that so, that's intentional, isn't it? That's 100% intentional because that's what I want us to do. And especially, so we do as board gamers, we kind of get stigmatized as like, you know, we're sitting around a table. We sit, we sit, we sit. But even if we take board gamers out of it, as people that maybe work desk jobs, like we sit, like there's a lot of sedentary practices that happen throughout the day because of course, standing all day isn't healthy either. So Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we, you know, move the body? How do we make sure that we stay healthy, not in the fact that I want you to lose weight, but I want you to keep your joints healthy, right? I want your <laughs> hips. I want your lower back, your lower back muscles to be strong. I want your core to be strong. When you can... say movement, you have very specific things <laughs> in mind, right? <laughs> right, right. Like I, I would, I just want to make sure that you can move your body safely, comfortably, and that you're, you're able to do anything that you, you would, you put your mind to. So when I talk about movement, I'm not talking about a high intensity 45 minute boot camp class, or I'm not talking about like, uh, you know, going full force into a headstand during yoga. I'm talking about standing up maybe for five minutes every hour, or, you know, rolling your shoulders back every so often because we're in that hunched position at our desk, typing away or stretching out our tight hips because our hips are in that flexion position and our hamstrings. So everything is just tight. Everything is not working the way that it needs to be working because we are sitting down. So when I talk about movement, I'm talking about, Hey, let's just do something. That's not, (laughs) that's not sedentary. That's not sitting. That's Mm -hmm. not laying down. So I'm going to, I'm going to bait you with this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, How much should we spend on our movement? As much as you feel comfortable, that's That can be a goal for you. Like if you need to buy equipment to make yourself feel like if that's a part of your, your, your preparation stage, that's completely valid. But honestly, like body weight movements are like, there's nothing wrong with body weight movements, calisthenics and things like that. Walking is probably the best thing that you are able to do. If you can do it, you know, just being able to go outside, um, and walk that's free. Usually it's safe usually. So it, th- that's one thing that I would offer. What's uh, a good like threshold for people to kind of think about when it comes to walking? That again, it's it, it's all on what the individual is doing. So usually um, the 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 ace the ACE recommended amount of movement is two hundred and forty minutes throughout seven days, which it's it's a little. Um, that's for the average person, right? But how does what does that work out to? Um, uh, thirty minutes, maybe That's like four hours. Is that is that four hours of walking a day, a, a week? A week, yeah. So maybe okay. like 30, 30 to forty minutes um, each day of okay of lower to moderate activity. Um, but again, if you're completely sedentary and you don't know of any pre-existing issues with your joints or your ankles, like. I wouldn't go out and just go, you know, go ham on your, your power walk for 30 minutes, work up to it, you know, start with a 10 minute walk, a five minute walk, a a one minute walk, start Mm -hmm. off with something small and, and and journal about it, write down, like, did this feel good? Did I like it? What, what did you see? Like, don't even focus. You don't have to focus on the movement. What did you see when you went walking? Did you see a cool bird? Did you, you know, 
did you look up into the sky and see a meeple shaped cloud? Like what did you like, <laughs> you know, it's so much more than just like walking or physical activity. It's like this whole experience. And I want people to recognize that mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it can be a lot more engaging than what we think, you know, when we think normally of exercise. I actually find I walk after, after like a, a, a good game, like a, like a chunky game. Yeah. I, I need to kind of like walk out and process yeah. You know, it's like the, the moves and like what I could have done and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I let it, I need to let it settle. Like I'm, I'm the type of person, like there's some people that can play, have a game night. And then they did like, okay, I'm going to the car, going to sleep or whatever. I'm wired. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your brain's going. I'm wired after a game night, whether it's because of the social interaction or whether it's because of the game itself or whether it's because some like imaginative thing that happened, I'm just like wired. And I've, I've kind of tried to take that wired feeling into you know, walking or, or doing some of the things that you're talking about. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a good like segue into what's an actionable item you can do. Give yourself a smart goal, right? So that, that specific measurable, attainable, realistic, time sensitive goal, that's something that you can do right now. Think about it, sit down and write a goal. Losing weight is not a smart goal you know terrible dumb as, as dumb <laughs> as like, dumb can, and not that you are dumb as a person but the goal is the goal yeah <laughs> the because goal is, like you, you yeah you don't know you don't know how your body's going to respond to movement you don't like, there's so many factors however if again if let's say we reframe that i want to lose weight what are what are like i would ask as a health coach okay you want to lose weight what steps are you going to make to take there and then that's when we can brainstorm ideas together and have them create these different ideas of, okay, these are steps. Well, um, well, I think I can get up. I, I think I can get more sleep. Okay. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to maybe like, I'm going to set a goal to put my phone away uh, 30 minutes before bed and try to stay away from screens 30 minutes for bed. How many times a week do you think you can do that? So by the time we mm-hmm. talk next week, do you think you can do it three, four days? Um, I think I could do it for all seven days. Okay. On a confidence scale, how confident are you that you're able to do right. that seven days? Uh, 60%. Right. Well, let's, um, how do we get that, that confidence up? Well, I think I could do it for four. Like I'm 100% that I can nail it at four. Well, let's set ourselves up for success. Let's say minimum of four days. If you get to that seven days, perfect. But you, like having that minimum goal of four days, if you hit the four days and then you, you know, you don't happen to, you, you might take a night with your spouse to watch TV and you couldn't stay away from the screen 30 minutes. That's fine. But small things like that, again, I promise you it will add up over time. And if you're very specific and very intentional and, you know, just provide yourself that time and space to focus on yourself, it, it will make a heck of a difference. So um, one of the reasons, I, and I don't want to spend too much time at this because I know we're kind of wrapping up, but like one of the reasons I reach out to you was you'd had a threat and you, and you have many threads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I tweet too threads. much. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, you just reminded me of what I, rem- I forgot. So I'm going to do two. I have two points. Um, what about is social media consumption? So the APA, American Psychological Association, have, have done studies and they've come up with a kind of a, a range of like two hours of social media, of the social media content. We're talking TikTok and Instagram. And then anything past that, will impact happiness in an, in a negative way. 
Mm. So as a goal, you know, speaking of a smart goal of like, okay, what's my screen time on social in social media in particular, because there are people who read Kindle and that doesn't affect it, but like people who are on the, the social medias, mm. if you're on there five hours, six, you might want to think about getting that down to, you know, four or three, like that's measurable. That's like, yeah. you know, that is exactly what Danny's talking about. It isn't like, okay, I'm going to sh like delete Facebook. <laughs> right. That never works. <laughs> and then you're just sitting there thinking about Facebook in a, in a pile. <laughs> but if you can wrap your mind around like a, a, a that smart goal, I love that. That's smart. Like, like okay. Two hours is a good range. It, it, it isn't like total denial. I'm not like whipping myself, but it's like, okay. Like, you know, I, I, do like you know why am i scrolling on tiktok and like sitting on the toilet for like a half hour like really is that necessary <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a person no i'm saying uh, <laughs> but let's say let's say you do enjoy your tiktok time i would say well are you able to do that while you know right. taking a walk or you know, standing outside in the sunlight and taking a few breaths, take three breaths while in between each TikTok or something like that, you know, like right. how can we habit stack? Uh, but yeah, like you said, something as simple as like, okay, I know I'm on my phone for six hours a day. I, I understand I'm, I've educated myself. I know that is unhealthy for my mental health right now. How, rather than just trying to stop cold Turkey, let's set attainable goals right now Maybe I shave off an hour and see how I feel. Right. What am I missing? And then again, that that just gives it opens up windows to self-reflection. Like, okay, I got my hour back, but what did I do with that hour? Like, mm -hmm. was I more productive? Was I thinking about social media? Why am I thinking about social media so much? Um, and then, you know, that's when you can have those conversations and that those brainstorming sessions mm -hmm. with yourself, journal that talk about it, you know, right. share it with a friend. And the, 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 so the reason I had reached out to you in particular, and the reason I asked you about the pricing thing was you had a thread about, you know, um, because it, it goes back to the guilt thing, right? Like it goes back to, it's like, I must spend and I must like, you know, just pile on the interventions. I must get a gym membership. I must buy this and I must do this. You know, how many people have like ab flexors and dumbbells and all these things, right? Because they feel like they have to purchase, 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 right? And I think the one person you were talking about like has like kind of like an expensive chef. Mm -hmm. you know, and I was spending all this money. So, I mean, just maybe talk just a little bit about like your experience with people who think they need to spend a lot. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with spending like a uh, full disclosure. I got a Peloton right over there and I, that is not, <laughs> that is not cheap. And I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be yeah. my salvation, but that is, I, I, it is out of my joy that I got that thing. And maybe I'll have another video uh, <laughs> at some point. Um, but you know, there are some people who don't spend out of joy. Right. Yeah. And this is this, we could have a whole nother episode and maybe we will. Um, but one of my other uh, passions and talking about it is how health disparities and in different communities and socioeconomic groups are, it, it's, it's the way that it's, it's built into our system. Like we, we feel like we have to spend money to become healthy. And health information and health education should not feel that way. Physical fitness should not feel that way. So when you see these advertisements and whether it's for a new diet or a new workout equipment, like you got to realize these are companies that are playing upon our shame, our, mm -hmm. our, you know, our, our willingness to say, if I put in my hard earned dollars, then I will do it. 
but it might be way more deep than that. And again, we can talk, I, I could talk forever about this, but my, <laughs> what have I done? Up, <laughs> right. right. I, I may have, you, you did it. I may just have to have you back on to talk about the consumerism and class. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that means you have to be on the Peloton bike while we do this. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> People, if you want to see something like that, if you want to see me pumping away, I got my phone right over here. <laughs> Go ahead, check out the comments uh, below. But yeah, just just as my own personal perspective, as um, as someone that grew up very poor, as my my like my I'm first generation born here. My parents immigrated over here. I know how how hopeless it can feel when you see like your your friends or whoever you know get. These, this brand new equipment or they they're able to spend money on gym memberships and you just feel defeated because you feel like, Oh, they have an upper hand on me. And a, a lot of threads that I would post on Twitter, is just like, you don't, it, it helps. It might help you. It might be a tool in the tool belt, but it's not the end all be all. This is not the only way to move more. So like I, I've done a whole exercise class on using laundry detergent and I, my arms were sore for like three days because, you know, you, you can be creative, like resistance training, your, your muscles, your legs will not care if you're holding a 30 pound dumbbell or a 30 pound backpack filled with canned foods. Like there are ways for you to become creative. And if, 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 a, if it's socioeconomics that we need to talk about, that's one thing. And like, how do we set goals for you to maybe get a Peloton bike that you really want because you think that would be a good motivator. That's a, that that's completely valid, but to say that you need equipment right. or you need to spend money to be healthy or to move. I think that's a much deeper conversation where there's nine different ways to come at it. And, you know, there's, there's so many different factors that to say that you need to spend money to be healthy, or you, you might not need to spend money to become healthy. That's again, I could talk about that for, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> dot 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 to we wish you I'll end on that little pregnant <laughs> pause over there to be continued because I mean I think what you're getting is that Danny and I are very passionate about our just being happier, healthier people and being happier healthier gamers. Right. I mean, and we should we we have we we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like in the gaming space, I'm sure you've met a lot of people who are you know, like, you know, physically not where they want to be or mentally not where they want to be, or like they set a, they set a, a, a goal, but then, you know, it kind of drops off. I'm not making episodes about that anymore. And, you know, I, <laughs> or they hit a goal and then they just kind of like, oh, six months later, well, didn't, you know, that didn't stick. And it's like, we, 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 as much as we can, both Danny and I, I think we're on the same page, want to take the stigma out. Yeah. I think both of us are both anti-shame. You know, there's no shame. There's no, whatever you can do, you know, I, I think, and Danny is great with this. Um, cheerlead, encourage, you didn't win. So what's, what's the learning? Yeah. You know, you didn't win something. So let's learn something. So we're trying to take the shame out of it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Take the shame out of it. Try to take the guilt out of it. And again, these are all human emotions. So if you need to process it, find a, a healthy way to process that guilt and shame or find ways to, you know, talk about it because, that's the only way that we'll grow as humans. And that's the only way that we'll be able to overcome these obstacles that are providing this feeling of guilt and shame. So that self-reflection, journaling, whatever you need to do, um, I, I'm all for it. So 
I have some more suggestions. Go ahead and open up that Twitter, open up that Twitch, and sub to this man. <laughs> You're too nice. I so da- uh, please give us um, actually. So as we end the conversation, uh, you know, we we told you about uh, Twitch. So we have. Um, I'll probably write again. I'll, I'll put the link in there so we don't have to spell it. Um, but maybe you know we're we're doing this in late March, and then we'll probably post it well, first week of April. So what are you up to? Where can what else? You know, what are some specific things that people can look for? Uh, when they want to find you. Yeah, you can find me all over the internet at Danny Plays Games with a Z. Um, Danny Plays Games with an S was taken. Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) However, Danny Plays Games with a Z is much better for SEO. So I I lucked out on that. (laughs) Um, You can find me on uh, Twitch at Brutal Dan. I also, I'm going to be on guests on three different tabletop RPG live plays, uh, Mondays on Cobalt Press, where I'm playing a gardening dwarf druid. You can find me on Wednesdays playing a Monster of the Week campaign um, as a mundane little uh, butterball bow. Who Which, by the way, I, I saw that post too, where it's like, uh, well, I forget exactly what the post was, but it's like, I like playing these little plump guys who just <laughs> eat a lot. Don't at me. <laughs> You know, that's just who it is. There's no shame in it, right? Like, that's just that's just who I like to play. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, all of my characters are, are pretty much you know that that type of archetype. Um, and then on Fridays, I'm a space bear. I'm a big grizzly bear that only cares about his lettuce, named arugula. Um, but then I'll also <laughs> I'll also be streaming on um, my channel as well, Brutal Dan, where we have Wind Down Wednesdays, where it's literally a just chatting stream where I invite people to talk about their successes. So I'm literally just giving a space for people to talk about themselves if they need that space. And we can talk about, uh, you know, last time we talked about um, pronouns, so that pronouns and uh, gender, and and we were learning so much from each other. So it's just pretty much a safe space for you to come. Um, And then date night with Danny is a little more cheesy, but we usually go to like, I usually have an overlay. We were at a Panera bread. Then we were at a McDonald's bring some food. Um, I have some cheesy icebreaker questions where I asked you what your favorite band is or what your favorite movie is. And a way again, just to know, just to get to know the community better, because at the end of the day, as you can see, like with Jason and everybody else, the community that we surround ourselves with is so important, whether it's with health or board games or mental health or wellness, we're all in it together. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we need to remember. So. Absolutely. So Danny plays games. Uh, he will not be a stranger. He has invited himself back onto my show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I, I'm going to hold you. You better be on that Peloton bike. <laughs> I got to silence it because they always yell at me. As soon as you put it on, it's like they start telling. Listen, I can cue you. I I teach spin class as well. So if you're able to pedal, yeah, I'll cue you. So when I get super passionate, you might have to do some sprints. (laughs) Stand up position two. Let's go. (laughs) Anytime I say the word socioeconomic, you have to do 10 pushups on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, this was outstanding. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. If you could change your mind, you could change the world. So until next time, later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another top five list.